Welcome to Salt and Light with Pastor Rodney Finch. Salt and Light is a radio outreach ministry of Calvary Chapel, Cary. Jesus, speak to me. Open your word and reveal your heart to me. Salt and Light is a series of verse-by-verse studies through the Bible, focusing on its practical application to our everyday lives. Salt and Light is recorded live at Calvary Chapel, Cary, in Apex, North Carolina. Stay tuned. At the end of the program, we will give you information on how to contact us, so be sure to have a pen and paper ready. Today, Pastor Rodney will be teaching from the book of Luke, chapter 2. So grab your Bibles and follow along. Now with today's teaching, here's Pastor Rodney. The Greeks have always been looking for the perfect man and what he would look like. And so they created myths and images of the perfect man. To the Greeks, the perfect man would be a man of good looks, a man of great power, a man who is able to do great things. And so with each God they created, it would have flaws and it would fall short of perfection. And so they created more myths and more writings all in search, are you listening, of the perfect man. Well, if you've been with us over the last several weeks, we began our teaching series on rediscovering Jesus. If you were here in week one, you know that Luke is writing to show that Jesus is the son of man, that Jesus is the perfect man. Luke is showing and proving that Jesus, watch this, isn't just a good man, but he's the God man. That Jesus is God in human flesh. Jesus is the bringing together of the divine and the human. And that, my friend, is what makes Jesus unique. He is God in human flesh. God, man. Perfectly God and perfectly man. He is divine. He is deity. Now, just a side note, I do find it very interesting that the, in the first century, the first heresy, let me say that, the first heresy in the church wasn't the denial of the divinity, are you listening, was not the denial or of the divinity of Christ. That's a heresy in the church today is the divinity of Jesus. Many people say that Jesus wasn't God. And many churches and whole denominations teach that Jesus was not God. He was a God, but he was not God. And that's what's being taught today. But the first heresy of the early church wasn't the denial of his divinity. It was the denial of his humanity. 
it was known as Gnosticism. The Gnostics taught that Jesus was not a man in flesh. The Gnostics taught that whenever Jesus walked on the sand, that he didn't leave footprints. And when he ate, he didn't leave bite marks. The Gnostic heresy taught that Jesus could walk through walls before the resurrection and that he could appear in places. Why? Because he, was re- he really wasn't a man. So Luke is writing to show that Jesus is very man of man and very God of gods. Last week we left off talking about one of my favorite ladies in the Bible. Her name is Anna. And this week I thought we might pick up our study talking about one of my favorite ladies in the Bible, Anna. Luke chapter 2, we pick up our study today in verse 36. Saints, if you're looking at verse 36, say amen. Amen. Now, there was one, Anna, a prophetess, the daughter of Penuel, the daughter of the tribe of Asher, and she was of great age. Now, if you're reading the King Jimmy, it says that she was well stricken in years. Doesn't that sound like she's ready to die? You're well stricken in years. I think New King Jimmy tried to soften it a little bit. He says she was of great age. And she had lived with a husband seven years from her virginity. And this woman, Anna, was a widow of about 84 years who did not depart from the temple, but served God with fasting and prayers night and day. And coming in, in, the, in that instant, she gave thanks to the Lord because she saw the Messiah. She saw the salvation of Israel as Simeon was holding him, Jesus. And when she came in that instant, she began to give thanks to the Lord and she spoke to him spoke of him, of Jesus, to all those who looked for redemption in Jerusalem. Saints, we got to stop right there. Remember last week, just by a show of hands, how many of you were here last week? How many of you were here last week? Okay, that's a good number of you. Then you know from last week, we talked about that Jesus was born and then he was circumcised on the seventh day eighth day. Thank you, sister. She the only one that knew the answer or some of y'all just being shy. Please tell me you're being shy because we have to start at chapter one if y'all ain't being shy. Shy. Okay. All right. Y'all like, please don't go back to chapter one, please. (laughs) And then Mary, you know, she went through the ritual of purification and this ritual of purification happened on the 39th day. 40th. <laughs> Y'all doing anything not to go back to chapter one, aren't you? You might do like a dance. No, no, anything. Just don't go back to chapter one. It happened on the 40th day. You know that. And Mary and Joseph brought Jesus into the temple to be presented before the Lord. And last week we were introduced to these two lovely elderly people. One of them Simeon. The other, Anna. Simeon is 113 years old. Anna 
is 107 years old. Anna was in the temple serving, fasting, and praying for 84 years. Simeon and Anna were in the temple together for a long time. I'm sure they're a lovely old couple, but they had to get on each other's nerves at some point. Simeon's probably like, Anna, you've been around here for 84 years, woman. Don't you got another ministry to go to? They've been around for a while. But they were a lovely, lovely couple, a lovely elderly couple. I like elderly people. I love elderly, godly people. The operative word there is godly people. Y'all ever meet some elderly people who are not godly people? Elderly people, uh, if they're not godly, you know, uh, look, Lord help me. I love being around elderly, godly people. They just love Jesus. They, they got the sweetest appearance, the sweetest glow. You know, I knew a lady. I talked to you. I told you about her. Her name is Wincy. I will never forget Wincy. I think she lives way upstate New York now with her son. And Wincy must be about, she must be about 79 or 80 right now. She was about 75 when she was here at Calvary Chapel. And Wincy used to sit right about where you're sitting all the time. Wincy had white hair. She had blue eyes. She had the bluest eyes you ever saw. When I see Wincy coming, and it was just, I don't know. I, I, when she said, I felt like I preached better when Wincy was there. I don't know what the deal was. She had us over for dinner, and me and Elvira were to her house for dinner, and she lived in Lillington. And uh, she used to drive here. She loved some Calvary Chapel. And she used to drive here, and Wincy and I, we went out to her house one time, and just talking to her, you felt like you were talking to Jesus. It's like, I can't tell you any lies. I'm talking to Jesus. I mean, she just had the Jesus look on her face. I love being around elderly people. And I think it's unfortunate that we live in a country, in a culture, where we don't appreciate elderly people. We put them in a home. I told my kids, y'all ain't put me in no home. You're going to take care of me. I took care of you all them years. You owe me. I'm not one of them parents that say, well, sweetie, you don't owe me nothing. You know, parents are like, you can't pay me back. You don't owe me a thing. Just be a good person. I'm not like that. No, no, no. You owe me. If you make some money, hook a father up. I'm not one of the parents you don't owe me. Yeah, you owe me. And don't put me in a nursing home. No, you don't. Because if, if I go and go to be with Jesus, I'll be one person. I'm coming back. I won't let you sleep. I love being around older people. I love being around elderly people. And our country is putting them away. And people, you know, we don't appreciate old age. I was watching TV the other day, and they, they, they got this, new, this cream on the market. They call it anti-aging cream. Anti-aging cream. Now, what is that? Anti-aging. Let me tell you something. That ain't going to help you. <laughs> 
Somebody say amen, please, somebody. <laughs> That's not going to help you. You put that stuff on your face and your face blow up and carry it on. And anti-aging cream, what is that? You know, wash your face with some water and love Jesus and you will be beautiful. Can somebody clap their hands and say amen? That makes you beautiful because you love Jesus. Like Anna was a beautiful, beautiful woman. And the interesting thing is, isn't this true? When you're younger, you want to be older. And when you're older, you want to be younger. You know, when you're younger and somebody says to you, oh, you know, you, you really don't look your age. You act a lot more mature and you look a lot more mature than you are. When you're younger and somebody says that, you go, oh, well, <laughs> thanks. Oh, gee, thanks. I, you know, if you're older... And you say that to somebody, well, you know what, you, you, you really don't look your age. You look a whole lot older. <laughs> you might find yourself picking yourself up off the ground. I mean, when you're younger, you want to be older. And when you're older, you want to be younger. People are afraid of growing old. You know what? I ran across this. Perhaps you'll, 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 you'll get it. You'll understand it. There are seven stages, get this, of man, the seven stages of man. First of all, you have spills. That's when you're a baby. And then there are drills. And then there are thrills. And then come the bills. And then ills. And then pills. And then wills. Isn't that true? I think I'm in the pill stage. I told my wife just the other day, I said, honey, I said, you... You know you in the pill stage when, when both of y'all hurting. <laughs> you know you're getting there when they're, I'm like, oh my goodness, I don't feel good. She goes, me neither. I, am, I said, well, honey, I'm going to get me some. <laughs> we call like ibuprofen or Advil. We call it candy. So I said, I said honey, I'm going to get me some candy. You want some? She goes, yeah, give me three of them. <laughs> So we refer to you know ibuprofen because you have to take it. I mean, we're in the pill stage, but but you you get old, and and old age is a beautiful thing. Old age, listen, it is a blessing to get old. Do you understand when you get old? Old age speaks of the faithfulness of God to your life because He allowed you to get old. I'm gonna wait while they clap. Isn't that true? Old age is a blessing from God. There are things that you learn in old age that you cannot know without maturity and time. You know, I think of what David said in Psalm 37, verse 25. He said, I have been young and now I am old. Yet I have not seen the righteous forsaken nor his descendants as God's people begging bread. I love that verse because David walked with God and he made mistakes and he messed up royally. And he can say in his old age, when I was young and now that I'm old, I know that God takes care of his people. I hope that encourages you today. Does that encourage you? I hope it does. No matter what you're going through, this is the verse that I lean on in this failing economy. David said, I was young and I've gotten to the point where I'm old. 
But in all of those years, my God has never forsaken me. That's what he's saying. Are you getting me? And God will never forsake you. We don't have to get scared and fearful and the economy's failing. God will not forsake his people. Will you forsake your child? Then why do you think God would forsake you? He never will. Because he loves us. Well, look at verse 39. I got to move forward. Look at verse 39. The story gets better. Look at verse 39. So when they had performed all things, look at verse 39. So when they had performed all things, according to the law of the Lord, they returned to Galilee, to their own city, Nazareth. And the child grew. Would you circle that in your Bible? The child grew and became strong in spirit, filled with wisdom, and the grace of God was on his life. Well, his parents, in verse 44, went to Jerusalem every year at the feast of the Passover, and when he was 12 years old, they went up to Jerusalem according to the custom of the feast. And when they had finished the days as they returned, the boy lingered behind, the boy Jesus lingered behind in Jerusalem, And Joseph and his mother did not know it. But supposing him to have been in the company, they went a journey, a day's journey. That's about 20 or 30 miles. They went a day's journey and they sought him among their relatives and the acquaintances. So when they did not find him, they returned to Jerusalem seeking him. Now, so it was in verse 46 that after three whole days, they found him where? In the temple, sitting in the midst of the teachers, listening to them and asking them questions. And all who heard him, are you getting me? Look at verse 47. And all who heard him were astonished at his understanding and answers. And so, When they saw him, they were amazed. And his mother said to him, son, why have you done this to us? Look, your father and I have sought you and we've been anxious looking for you. And he said to them, the first recorded words of Jesus in the book of Matthew, why did you seek me? Do you not know that I must be about my father's business? But they didn't get it. They didn't understand. Well, then in verse 51, then he went down with them and came to Nazareth and was subject to them. But his mother kept all these things in her heart. And Jesus increased in wisdom and stature and in favor with God. Saints, stop right there. Give me your attention. You remember last week, give me your attention. You remember last week I gave you the chronology of Jesus' early life. After Mary went through the 40 days of purification process, Mary and Joseph, I told you, they go back to Nazareth and they get their things and then they go to Bethlehem. And then the wise men show up bearing gifts, Matthew chapter 2. While in Bethlehem, Joseph was warned in a dream that Herod was trying to kill all the male children two years old and younger. And so then Joseph goes to Egypt. They stay there for several years until Herod dies. And then they return to Nazareth where Jesus is raised. And that is why he is known as Jesus the Nazarene because he was raised in Nazareth. Now, I find it interesting. Saints, look at this. 
I find it interesting that the Holy Spirit chose to use the most natural and simple word for growing and maturing and the aging process. Notice the child grew. That's a very natural word. The child grew. Jesus grew like any other person. He grew. And boy, do they grow quickly. Parents, you know what I'm talking about. This weekend, you buy them some shoes, you go to the store. Has it happened to anybody but me? Took that boy to the store. I ain't going to tell you who it was, but he was over there. <laughs> Took that boy to the store. Let him measure his feet because we get a pair of sneaks that cost $2 million. They keep going up. And uh, his feet was a nine. I'm telling you, a week later, he could not fit those shoes. Took him back to the store. His foot was a 13. I'm saying, I don't know what they are now. They're probably like a 31 or something. I don't, uh, (laughs) you see his feet coming before you see him. Don't tell him I told you. But they grow and you buy them clothes this week and they're out of them the next week or you take a picture of them one year and the next year they look completely different. Children grow. The child Jesus, he grew like any other child. And Luke is the writer, listen, that gives us a brief but valuable record of Jesus from babyhood to boyhood, from boyhood to bar mitzvah, from bar mitzvah to manhood. And he grew in Nazareth. Now, you know, I've told you in the past, Nazareth was a village in Galilee, quiet, insignificant, rural, and yet it was also notorious and rude, and there was wickedness there. You remember John chapter 1? Philip found Nathanael and said, we have found the one that Moses wrote about. We found the Messiah. And Nathanael said, can any, does anybody know? Can any good thing come out of Nazareth? So I tell you that to tell you this, it wasn't easy for Jesus to grow up in Nazareth. It was a wicked, evil Place, But it was in Nazareth that Jesus learned to walk and he learned to run. He learned to pick up things and put down things. And as a baby, he had baby knowledge. And as a toddler, he had toddler knowledge. He grew. He went to school. He went to synagogue. He was a perfect baby, a perfect boy, a perfect youth, and a perfect man. And when he came in the world, listen... He did not come in the world with all wisdom. He grew in that as well. I think we forget that the people in the Bible, listen, here's a key of which I try to read the Bible as if the characters in it are real people. I think sometimes we read the Bible and the Bible is way out there because it's, it's unattainable to us. I mean, the people in here are holy 
The people in here are more spiritual than we are. Not so. These are normal, everyday people. And when you read the Bible like that, then you try to get into the story and you try to kind of read behind the story, kind of what I call the white space. You try to read that white space as the what is behind the story, which kind of draws a scene and gives us a better understanding of the story. Jesus was just like any other baby. He didn't come in the world with all wisdom. He grew in wisdom and in God's spirit was upon him. As a matter of fact, I think of Isaiah chapter 53, verse two, for he, Jesus, shall grow up before him, grow up before him as a tender plant, as a root out of dry ground. Jesus grew up like any other baby. Notice in verse 41, I find it interesting. Go ahead and look at verse 41. You're looking at it? Notice it says that both parents in verse 41, his parents, plural, went every year to the feast of the Passover. Mary and Joseph went every year. Now I point this out because listen, it wasn't a requirement for women to go to Jerusalem every year. It was a requirement for all males to appear in Jerusalem three times a year at the Feast of Unleavened Bread, at the Feast of Weeks, and at the Feast of Tabernacles. How do you know that, Rodney? We find that in Deuteronomy chapter 16, verse 16, it tells us that all males were to appear before the Lord, your God, three times a year. The whole family could go, but it wasn't a requirement for the whole family to go. It was a requirement that all males go to Jerusalem. But Mary, the Bible tells us in verse 41, she went every year. Why? I think because Mary had a deep devotion to the Lord. You have been listening to Salt and Light, a radio outreach ministry of Pastor Rodney Finch and Calvary Chapel Cary, located in Apex, North Carolina. Join Pastor Rodney Monday through Friday at this same time. For information regarding service times, you can contact us at 1-800-293-0923. That's 1-800-293-0923. You may listen to today's broadcast in its entirety by visiting the Media Library on our website at cccarry.org. We would like to thank you for tuning in to Salt and Light and pray that you have been blessed. Until next time, may you be salt and light. Let me be a salt.